0: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by Politoweek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of
1: public service
2: stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times.
1: This is America. Rich E.V., you're on the air with The Nation. The Nation. This is America with your host, Rich
3: Valdez.
1: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden right here in New York City. And we're going to get into what's going on with Dr. Seuss getting canceled. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and what Joel Baboso Biden had to say about immigration. Kids in cages. Oh, yeah, that's back. Plus... Somebody got slapped. That's right. Matt Schlapp laid the smackdown on Jim Acosta from CNN. So keep it locked right here. But first, Dr. Seuss, Green Eggs and Ham, etc. These things uh, are not white supremacy tools for recruitment. They're just not. And for anybody to suggest that this is divisive or divisive. I like divisive. It just sounds better for me. This is one of those things, I mean, you've really just got to laugh at and say this, the cancel culture has to stop. But that's what's going on right now. Dr. Seuss books, uh, several of them won't be published because of racist imagery. Now, what I find interesting here, at least it really um, surprises me and I'm rarely surprised, is these books have pretty much been the same way for a very long time. And it's how is it that in 2021 the book became racist? Now, somebody's gonna say, Well, Rich, it didn't just become racist. Come on. What it is is that people are woke now. So we're calling out the racism that's always been there. Oh, okay. Thank you. I get it now. Because you know what? I read Dr. Seuss growing up. And not only, uh, you know, as a pre qualifier, I'm gonna, or a disclaimer, I'm gonna say, I happen to be brown as is my um, board operator today. He's also brown. We are brown people. Um, not that that matters. And I say that, it's tongue-in-cheek, just so everybody knows. I, I don't believe that anybody is um, superior or inferior based on the color of their skin because, A, I was taught in public school that this is all about the content of our character, right? That was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And I took that as gospel truth as a little kid because it made sense to me. When, you know, we hear the the, the video I watched a video, uh, you know, one day, white, black, yellow, and Latino. The I Have a Dream speech saying that we won't be judged by the color of our skin, but it's all about the content of our character, how much we know, what we stand for, what we do when nobody's looking. That was all the stuff that I learned growing up as a kid, and I thought that's how it really worked. Then, you know, you learn otherwise as you get older and you say, oh, you know, there, there is such a thing as affirmative action, reverse racism, all these things. And, you know, again not something that i would recommend or participate in or or even promote but because i think it's like if you get favor from someone uh, or preference because of your skin tone then isn't it okay to Receive detriment because of that skin tone. Doesn't the pendulum swing both ways? So therefore, don't do me any favors because I am the brown guy. Let me compete. That's the favor. Let me compete. Don't be a racist. Right. As long as I can compete against the white guy, against the black guy, the Asian guy, whomever guy or girl. That's the point. But this is what we have today. We've got Dr. Seuss pulling book titles because of racist imagery. Now, the company that publishes these Dr. Seuss children's books says it's going to stop selling six books because they contain racist and insensitive images. Dr. Seuss Enterprise, the firm that's charged with preserving and protecting the beloved author's legacy, said that it scrapped these books because they believe it was wrong. I mean, I guess that's up to them, but it makes you question, why is it happening? And why is it happening now? Is it a ploy for publicity? Is it something where we're saying, you know what? We want to look as if we're part of the woke culture machine. Now, if in all honesty, if somebody is or has been participating in something that's wrong, you know, let's just say um, the Confederate flag means different things to different people. For some people, it's uh, holding on to the legacy of what the South was. For some people, it's a traitorous rag that represents you know, how the South tried to secede and take over the United States. And for others, it's just uh, kind of inconsequential. They're just like, it's just a part of history. It's free speech. And I think everybody's entitled to their opinion. I tend to think a little bit less favorably upon the flag, and I think the history associated with it is not very positive. But all that being said, are we to scrub the things that we're uncomfortable with From our history. I don't know. And when we look at how culture has changed, yesterday I mentioned that Breitbart, through his, you know, coming of age, you will, uh, if you will, with uh, Ronald Reagan, he said that politics flows downstream from culture. Now, with politics being so closely directed to culture, And we've seen the not only indoctrination that's coming through the culture, but the infiltration in the culture. Because culture is one of those things that can kind of subsist on its own with influences from multiple angles. However, if you have the desire to manipulate how culture grows and fosters in a society, then you can say, I'm going to bring in different influences from different places and exclude others. And now you are the curator of this culture. And you can do that if enough people listen or watch or consume the media product that you're creating, whether it's a book or audio or video, what have you. So we've seen how our culture has changed, where by and large today in society, if you were to say, look, I'm just an average guy, I go to church on Sundays, people would say that's not average, people don't go to church on Sundays, only religious zealots go to church on Sundays. And lamentably, we're very close, if not there, at that point in society today, especially on the coastal areas of of the United States where it's way more liberal. You see way more of what you don't see in Middle America. And the goal has been to demonize Middle America for absolutely everything and anything that doesn't match, if it's incongruent with what's happening amongst and amidst the, the shenanigans of the coastal elites. They say, no thanks, no bueno, I'm not interested. So I look at all of that and I think, this is what's happening. So you've got Theodore Seuss Geisel, who, you know, one of the best or at least most prolific and known authors of uh, of my day. He's getting, uh, his own organization is canceling certain titles. And to me, it just, it smacks of opportunism. It also smacks of of just being complicit in the problem that we see ongoing. And we keep seeing it, whether it's in colleges, whether it's in workplaces, whether it's uh, on the radio, for example. And again, free speech, I welcome it all day. But I was just listening to the, I was on the Bernie and Sid show a little while ago and I was listening to the show afterwards. Caller called in, they were very emotionally charged uh, issue about, you know, the Jewish community in certain places in New York. And, and this isn't about that. It was really about this one caller who called in and said, well, you know, I disagree with you. And, and, and the host tells him, it's fine if you disagree with me. You're still wrong. Would you disagree? And the guy says, well, maybe it's time I go down to your radio station and start a protest. And I thought, go right ahead. You know, I mean, that, that A, that gets us great press. That's fantastic for us. We'll probably even get some local news coverage on News 12, New York 1, that type of thing. But moreover, I think it's really, um, uh, the exercise thereof, right? That's what free speech is. I say what I want to say right here. This this audience is about 2.5 million people in the New York metro area. So you, you have, we have access, right? We talk on the air, we give our opinion. Nobody's stopping you from showing up. I have a window to the front. So I can see if you come. If you stand across the street, it's an even better view. So uh, I welcome you if you want to protest Bernie and Sid. I got their back because I think this is what we do. It's all about free speech. And you know what? I got Dr. Seuss's back, too. Anyway, don't move a muscle. We're just getting started. Secretary Alejandro Mayorcas and Joel Baboso Biden had a few things to say about kids in cages. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez.
3: This is America.
1: What's up, America? Bienvenido. Welcome back. And we're going to talk about what went down at CPAC. But first, I want to talk about Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the secretary of Department of Homeland Security and Joe El Baboso Biden and what they had to say about the modern day kids in cages known as shelters.
0: Mr. President, in the five weeks you've been in office, you have been taking many actions to revert uh, Trump administration's anti-immigration policy. But today the Washington Post reports that your administration has plans to open tents at Del Rio, a, a town close to the border. Can you confirm that?
3: Well what well, I can confirm is there's over 70, th- right right now there's thousands of immigrants, uh, thousands of unaccompanied children coming across the mm-hmm. border. We've been able to place a significant number of them in, in licensed facilities throughout the shelters. country, shelters throughout the country. But what happened is, in Texas, they opened up one. One that was a former uh, one used in in the administration, in the last administration. Our hope and expectation is that won't stay open very long. That we'll be able to provide for every kid who comes across the border safely to be housed in a facility that's licensed.
1: And this administration is doing it in a humane way. And
2: that's really important. I mean, we want to make sure that these children are safe, that they
3: get mental health services, they get physical health services, they get education. So we are really concerned about these children.
1: Okay, so humane. We're concerned about the children, concerned about the children. Hold on a second. So Joe Biden admits that these are the cages. But you know what? That wasn't enough. And kudos to Ilia Calderón from Univision for putting him on blast. And probably because she was like, you know, we we bought into the hype. She probably didn't even intend to be part of the fake news media when she got sucked into this kids in cages thing. So she wants to clarify, hold on a second, Senor Presidente Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden. Is it not true that these are the same cages that you criticize people for? And if so, how long are you going to keep kids in cages, sir?
3: For how long uh, is the administration planning uh, to have the kids in this These
1: facilities, not only the tents that uh, you mentioned, uh, Mr. President, but also the other facilities that look like portable containers, or I don't know how can you call them, uh, but really brings bad memories from 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 the kids in cages. And how is it different from? Well,
3: well, it's much different in terms of we have people there helping them. We have people that are in those facilities taking care of them. But my hope is they all are able to get out. All are able to get into licensed facilities and or be united with family members here in the United States.
1: This guy is so full of it. This guy, meaning Joe El Baboso Biden, the head of the Biden administration. He is really just beyond the pale. I mean, he sounds like he's full of it. He doesn't even sound like he believes himself right now. But yet. She, she's there egging him on. She's the only other person that's like backing him up. The media must be there with their pad in hand, jaw hit the floor. Like, are you for real? You run this place? I can't believe they pay me to listen to you. But that's what's going on with, with Ilya Calderon and Joe El Baboso Biden. But it doesn't stop there. Of course, now the head of the Department of Homeland Security, he's, hello, clean up, clean up in aisle five, clean up in aisle five. We've got Alejandro Mayorkas. He's at the White House press briefing and he says, no, 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 listen, listen, there is no crisis at the border. Absolutely none. Check this out. Do you believe that
2: right now there's a crisis at the border?
3: I think that the uh, uh, the answer is no. Uh, I think there is a challenge at the border that we are managing, and we have our resources dedicated to, to managing it. Wow, how insightful.
1: This guy's terrific. Let's put him in charge of the Department of Homeland Security. He's perfect to put kids in cages. Now, let's go. Let's go on to uh, cut number five. This is Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas at the White House press briefing again. This time he's saying, we're not saying don't come from other countries. We're just saying don't come now you know, pandemic, wait till we squash the pandemic. I don't know. Let's see how inviting or uninviting the guy that's in charge of
2: our homeland security is. We are progressing every single day. Uh, I don't have a particular timeline, uh, but all I can do is communicate both to the American
3: public and to the individuals seeking protection that we are working around the clock seven days a week to make that time frame as short as possible. But they need to
2: wait but they need to wait with a particular goal in mind. We are not saying don't come. We are saying don't come now because we will be able to deliver um, a safe and orderly process to them uh, as quickly as possible.
1: Safe and orderly, safe and orderly. This this Mr. Mayorkas, I want to know why is it that nobody is protesting or boycotting Alejandro Mayorcas. Why is it that nobody's out there protesting, canceling, boycotting Joe Biden and the administration's policies and decisions to um, put kids back in the cages that they claim they were in? Or now there's shelters. Oh, migrant facilities, I see. Ya veo, I see. All right. Well, you know, what's interesting is Babu Nanwe from Goya Foods, when he made the comments that he made that he said it's an honor to open up for the president again he was on at nine in the morning uh, it was also an honor for me our panel was uh, about just in about an hour before the president took the stage and uh, th- that was a tremendous honor for me and for my children who were there in the audience and for anybody who wants to watch the presentation that i did with the aforementioned uh uh cast of this panel uh you can check it out it's on cspan.org but you can check it out on my social media at rich valdez at rich valdez with an s and we definitely uh, uh want you to take a look at that. Now, I have a a guest coming up that I want you to talk about who's going to give us a little bit of insight on CPAC. But we also, I just want to ask you, you the listener, you the caller, what's happening with these calls for boycotts, right? Newsweek
0: saying that
1: He shouldn't be doing that. You have Joy Behar from The View. She says, No more chickpeas from Goya for me. Right? So there was all this criticism on Twitter and other places. Where is the outrage now? And straight ahead, we're going to get into what exactly went down between Matt Schlapp, chairman of the ACU, the American Conservative Union, and Jim Acosta from Fake News CNN. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez.
3: This is America.
1: Right, America. Welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S. Check us out on Rumble. Rumble slash Rich Valdez with an S. You can see the entirety of my CPAC presentation with uh, my colleagues during that conversation that we had just before President Trump took the stage. And as promised, I want to go to the interview that we did with Matt Schlapp, because to me. This was a great example of why we were there to engage in these difficult conversations with the other side, the progressive movement, the fake news, CNN people like Jim Acosta.
3: You just said that conservatives spurred violence, but you can't use any words. You admit that there's you said, there is illegal voting. You said there that there is sure. illegal voting. You have no idea how much, but you are certain. Isn't what this, the, impact isn't this was. the
0: big lie conference? Isn't That's what the
3: Nazis used to say. Jim, you're better than that. You're better than that. You're You're comparing, you're you're compar- comparing me to a Nazi. No, I'm not. I'm yes, saying you this are. is the
1: big lie conference. Fake news, Jim Acosta from CNN, he infiltrated or participated, however you want to slice it. He shows up at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference 2021, held in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And it was a fantastic event, uh, complete with heterodoxy, right? There was no hegemony. Even Jim Acosta was there. And Jim Acosta joins and, of course, he wants to take shots. He took shots from the White House because that was his job, to be a professional antagonist, and activist, masquerading as a journalist in the White House. And now he's doing it, masquerading as a conference-goer, and he got schlapped. Now, he got schlapped down, of course, by Matt Schlapp, the chairman of the American Conservative Union. Matt Schlapp joins us this morning live. Matt, welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Rich, and thanks for being at CPAC. Uh, it's extra special to have you there, uh, and I think it was a great one.
1: Thank you, brother. It was my pleasure to be there. And I want to get into this um, Jim Acosta stuff because it was really so juicy. And just to set the stage a little bit, I was interviewing uh, your board member, Gordon Chang. We were talking about China's unrestricted warfare on the United States and the globe, essentially. And we're in this really intellectual back and forth uh, on broadcast row. And all of a sudden I hear in the background, CNN sucks. CNN sucks. And I'm thinking, oh my (laughs) gosh, what's going on? I wanted to laugh, but I I couldn't see what was going on. And I said, wow, I guess there's somebody from CNN trying to cover it. And uh, lo and behold, I hear later on, you know, that that's what happened, that they were there. And there were so many things that happened. I want to get to a couple of them, but matchlap Tell me a little bit about how this went down, how it worked out once you got there.
2: Well, you mean the interaction with Jim? Absolutely. You know, um, I've I've always gotten along well with Jim. We've always conversed. Um, I know what his job is. Uh, you know, uh, do I know what, what's really in his heart? Probably not. But I know what his tactics are. And uh, we have always made the decision at CPAC to put a welcome mat out for all all concern. I mean, for all journalists, including journalists who aren't really journalists, and that means a lot of mainstream news is there, a lot of international news is there. I mean, you saw it, Rich. It's yep. like one of the biggest broadcast rows you'll ever see at any event e- anywhere, and certainly any political event. And so, you know, we we take it all, and we try to treat them with respect. And the consequence of that is is CPAC gets a whole bunch of coverage. Some of it's nasty and negative, but in this world of politics that we're in that's kind of the way it goes. And I happened to be walking to go to an interview and Jim just kind of put his microphone in my face, not rudely, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, but I just kind of, we kind of ran into each other. And so he started asking me questions and what he was trying to do, which is his job is get a few good, like you said, juicy clips that they'll highly edit kind of like the old 60 minutes to make you sound like you didn't know what you're talking about or that you're, you know, whatever to fit into their CNN story, which is exactly what they did. And people kept coming up to me saying, hey, you were on CNN, you were on CNN. You know, it looked like they took something out of context. So uh, our team said, well, wait a minute, let's go see if we can find the video. It took us a day to find the video from one of the, you know, the attendees who happened to tape it. But look, my point is in all Mm -hmm. this is to say this. it It gave people a real concept of how a conversation actually goes before it gets edited. And when you're not on live TV and that was just a taped thing. Right and you actually go back and forth, if a conservative has just a little extra time before they cut you off, they actually have no answers. And you saw on all the big themes, Mm -hmm. he he, he admitted that there was illegal voting in the last election, but he admitted he has no idea how many votes. And he admitted that there were no words from Ted Cruz or Josh Hawley or Donald Trump to storm the Capitol and do violence to cops and everyone else. But he wants to keep saying that that's the case. And, of course, he called the conference the Big Lie Conference, which is right out of the uh, propaganda playbook from the Nazis. Uh, and, uh, and I called him out on that because uh, I don't even know if he knows of that historical illusion, but that's what propagandists do. You smear somebody by calling something a lie without even being man enough to go through the facts.
1: You know, speaking of lies and smears and Nazis and propaganda, so, you know, I, I was there with my children. You're a dad of five. I'm a dad of two. I have two teenagers. They loved it, by the way, uh, Jada and Jalissa. They, they were 15 and 19, and I thought they'd be bored out of their minds, but they actually, they were always like, we love CPAC. And they were like, Dad, is awesome. it true about this Nazi symbolism on the stage? And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and it makes me think, so now you have... Acosta coming in with the big lie. Then you have all this tweet storm coming through with this other nonsense. And and your I think your statement was um, very apt, very poignant, and spot on. But to me, I can't help but think these things are coordinated because they don't want uh, us conservatives, you know, lovers of liberty, however you want to put it. They don't want us to succeed or to even congregate. It seems.
2: Well, this is cancel culture, and this was a perfect example of how. Destructive it is. You have all of the power. You have all of social media. You have almost every media company. And it first starts calling a conservative a bigot in one shape, manner, or form. You're anti Semitic. You're a racist. You hate gays. You hate whatever. Fill in the blank, which, by the way, all those things are terrible. So a conservative usually gets on the defense because they don't want to be associated with that hateful kind of action. Of course. And in this case, they called our stage a Nazi symbol. Nobody, including all of our Jewish employees and interns, including one of them, who studied antiSemitism in college, even knew what they were talking about. Yeah So this was an intended attack. By the way, the attack went out during the Shabbat dinner on the Sabbath when, when observant Jews do not use their devices, there was no way for them to, even to defend themselves. Uh, answer back the mm-hmm. charge. That was done purposefully, I believe. By people who understood that, and uh, and it, w- it was intended to put us on our the back of our heels, and to start to put the Hyatt Hotel in the position where they needed to separate themselves from us. Mm-hmm. That is what cancer culture is. It starts with a lie that is the lie is a slur on an activity that would be terrible in order to deprive you of professional or commercial opportunities. In the case of CPAC, the goal of the left is they know how important CPAC is, how big it is. It's like the Super Bowl of all things politics. And their desire is to make it so that no hotel will ever take this conference. And if we lose on these questions, we are going to never, ever find unity. If Joe Biden wants unity, he ought to give conservatives the ability to simply speak their mind on politics. And of course, what is happening is to try to shut us down.
1: Yeah. And we're on with Matt Schlapp. He's uh, chairman of the American Conservative Union. Of course, they put on the, um, the CPAC conference every single year. Now, Matt Schlapp, uh, with a couple of minutes to go, I want to touch on two things. A, you mentioned um, earlier the panel that I participated in, which uh, was really a, an honor to do so. And I think I got a lot of feedback about, you know, how... Important it was and how people were saying, you know, we liked the conversation that you guys were having and we want to hear more from that. And even President Trump, I think, brought up uh, some of his historical gains with uh, African-American, Latino, Hispanic voters. And with CPAC playing such a role and putting that front and center, what can we expect in the future to continue to, I guess, expand the big tent of the conservative movement?
2: Well, you know, Rich, if I could be honest, I kind of shy away sometimes as we're doing our planning with the idea of a diverse panel or a panel on reaching out to diverse populations. Because I think like so many conservatives, I mean, look, I'm married to a Cuban American, as you know, yes. so it's not like um, it's not near and dear to my heart. It's just that we tend to not play identity politics. Right. That being said, I'm sitting you know, I, I met so many great uh, people of color out there who supported Trump during the whole year I was campaigning. Mercy was campaigning. I was like, there's so many great new voices out there um, who really, you know, they're not necessarily conservative. They're not necessarily Republican, but they liked what Trump was doing. They took him up on the what do you have to lose wager. Yeah. And I was like, let's let's use some of these guys. And then we're, you know, we're dealing with more people. And, and Maj who kind of helped put your panel today together. I know mm-hmm. you did as well. And so uh, we took a lot more chances on, on people who maybe we don't even know that well, and we gave them speaking thoughts. And as I was standing backstage, I was like, my gosh, like if we had – it was almost like we were picking people based on trying to be diverse when we actually weren't. We were picking people based on their message, and it was really diverse, and it was exciting. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, to, to echo your sentiment, I made some comments similar to that, that I think ultimately, I think what brings us all together is is a lot more important than what kind of separates us, whether it's by color, by race, ethnicity, whatever you have it. I think it's really the the focus on liberty. It's really the focus on loving America and, and what America stands for, Americanism, if you will, that brings us all together as conservatives and allows us to add to that larger conversation. So uh, Matt Schlapp, tell us a little bit about I guess, where you want to take CPAC, uh, your thoughts looking back and your thoughts looking forward?
2: You know, that's a great question. Sometimes I probably lack vision um, uh, because we're so we're so caught up in the daily struggles. And we're trying to push back on Twitter today on these people that are now trying to take a really successful CPAC and turn it into something else. These uh, these uh, socialists, uh, Marxists uh, never sleep. Oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, and they know how to destroy people. So we're going to focus on that, but you know, what, what I, I met a very, uh, famous, uh, Mexican citizen who came to the conference and he said, we just got to grow the a conservative movement in Mexico. We've never really captured this type of uh, political movement in Mexico. We had people from Spain who were trying to settle on, like, CPAC in Spain. Uh, the Brazilians were there in force and the Bolsonaro's, uh, uh, they're yeah. planning on having another CPAC. So, I, the international piece is really interesting, not because we're going to take our eyes off America, but that liberty loving people, freedom loving people all over the globe are under attack. They're under attack from fake news. They're under attack if they're people of faith. They're under attack because um, of this cancel culture idea. And people are a little scared. And what are mostly scared at is if we lose so much ground in America, they feel like they're hosed. So, uh, yeah. they really want us to succeed here. So, I would say. What CPAC and what ACU more specifically is going to spend time on is aggressively combating this idea of cancel culture in the, this toxic new cancer that's in that's in the body politic. It's in corporate America. It's in foundations It's in the donor community. It's obviously in media. Uh, and it has to it has to end. And we're also going to spend a lot of time on election integrity. We just started a new uh, I, I don't like the euphemism of election integrity. <laughs> um, how about just having honest and fair elections, yeah. right? That's what the president said yesterday. We're going to yeah, start gonna a new center based yeah. on that. And yeah. we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. You know, some people want to talk about the machines and everything else, which, uh, you know, they should prove their claims. And uh, it's more esoteric. We're talking about starting with just the garden variety of fraud of like people filling out absentee ballots yeah. without signature requests and witnesses. Like it was just the one, two, threes of voting that was completely upended, which we never. Ever voted like before. And by the way, no democracy does. No, democracy, no, no right. democracy on earth picks their president like we did last time. 100%.
1: Final word to you, Matchlap, uh, chair of the ACU CPAC leader, extraordinaire. Did a great job, by the way. I want to thank you. Um, how would you sum up President Trump's speech?
2: That's a great question. And I would say I talked to him a couple times ahead of the speech. Um, I knew he was going to settle some scores, which I actually was good with. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to talk about the election fraud, which I, which I actually was good with. But I encouraged him to talk about what we stand for, what this coalition is, and how we can win politically and also beat back these policies. And he spent the the biggest part of the speech talking about all that, that he's going to stay in the Republican Party. He's going to stay and fight. He's going to fight. He, he articulated the ideas. But I would say he was a little more modulated than he usually is. He was a little more calm. Yeah. Um, he wasn't as you know, he, it wasn't as comedic uh, uh, and it wasn't as um, kind of bombastic. He just, he's a, he, you know, he's in a different space. And in some ways, it's very refreshing. He's talking yeah. about these things.
1: I think and I he's think he's a,
2: dedicated to fighting for them.
1: I think he's a, he's a real statesman. And, and it came across that yep. way. Well, Matt Schlapp, I thank agree. you for joining us. Uh, everybody, Matt Schlapp from the American Conservative Union. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it. Keep ringing that bell for liberty, brother.
2: All right, Rich, you're a good man. Thanks for coming to CPAC and being such a great friend. Amen. God bless
1: you, brother. How could you not appreciate that? This is one of those things that's always so important, and that's why I always say, and I leave you guys with this thought, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do absolutely nothing. You already know it's time for you to do something. That's why I always say from Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Just stand for something, believe something, know what you got to do, know what you believe and be willing to defend it. Because that is where we are today. This is a serious culture war. Don't let somebody slap you, slap them. Hasta la próxima, America. I'm Rich Valdez. And this is America. This is America.